最佳听众互动奖得奖的是 First Story， 等等，还有一位是 First Story 和 Discord 共同得奖。First Story 最新推出的 Discord 整合功能，视为听众管理新标杆，将拥有会员资格的听众自动加入 Discord 群组。这不仅减少创作者的负担，也为听众带来丰富的互动体验，获得全台 Podcaster 一致肯定。体验这个惊人的功能，立刻点击叙述栏连接，让你与听众互动更上层楼。Once again, the United Nations is holding its annual General Assembly in New York, and once again, Taiwan has been excluded. DPP presidential candidate Lai Qingde on Thursday released a video addressing the matter in English. In it, he said Taiwan could make a significant contribution to the world and cited the nation's strengths in areas like public health. Meanwhile, Taiwan's de facto ambassador to the U.S., Shelby Kim, has written an opinion piece in the American newspaper USA Today, also highlighting Taiwan's exclusion. She notes in the article that UN General Assembly Resolution 2758 does not mandate Taiwan's exclusion from the world body. Shall also calls on the UN to correct its Taiwan policy to give Taiwanese people a chance to participate. I am speaking today with gratitude for our international friends who have been voicing their support at United Nations. And elsewhere for Taiwan's meaningful participation in international organizations. The UN General Assembly is currently convening in New York. DPP presidential candidate Vice President Lai Ching-te gave a speech in English aimed at the international community that conveyed Taiwan's many strengths. Confronted with climate change, Taiwan has made significant strides in promoting sustainability and environmental. Responsibility on the issue of public health, Taiwan is renowned for its world-class healthcare system and thriving biotechnology sector. From climate change to medicine to public health, Lai stressed Taiwan has strong soft power and is extremely willing to share it with the world. He also expressed his special thanks to like-minded partners for their support for Taiwan. We express our appreciation to our like-minded partners, as well as overseas Taiwanese communities who have championed our cause and worked to ensure that Taiwan's voice is heard and our contributions are globally recognized. While Lai made this speech aimed at the international community, Taiwan's representative to the U.S. Shelby Kim published an opinion piece in an American media outlet. In it, she stated that UN General Assembly Resolution 2758, passed in 1971, does not mention Taiwan even once. She says China has fabricated a legal basis within the UN for its claim to sovereignty over Taiwan, resulting in Taiwanese journalists and tourists to lose access to UN buildings. In the piece, Xiao quoted the preamble in the UN founding charter. Adding that the UN should bear in mind that it is ruled by peoples, not by authoritarian regimes, she hoped the UN and other international organisations would correct their Taiwan policies as soon as possible, and give Taiwanese people equal opportunities to participate in them. Bikim is a diplomat. I think she speaks with professional authority and is speaking out for Taiwan. 
We need to give her our approval. Xiaobi Kim expressed this position in her capacity as ambassador to the U.S. to explain how Taiwan's entire people are affected by China's twisting of Resolution Number 2758. Her action is a most important counterattack. Vice President Lai has actually addressed people in English at many international conferences in hopes that this will let the international media know about Taiwan's position, status and national sovereignty. Vice President Lai Qingde is ready to be elected president. DPP politicians say that Lai is ready to take on important responsibilities and will continue to cooperate with like-minded nations so that Taiwan becomes more visible in the international community. Every day at 9 a.m., the Ministry of National Defense releases a report on any Chinese warplanes or vessels that approached Taiwan the previous day. But on Thursday, the ministry released an additional announcement at 6.30 p.m., saying that it is closely monitoring movements of PLA ground forces in Da Cheng Bay in China's Fujian province. Defense Minister Chou Guozhen has said the situation is abnormal. It is thought that the PLA is gathering its Army, Navy and Air Force, including amphibious and Army aviation units for a joint military exercise. They didn't make any public announcements. Enemy operations have been rather abnormal recently. We have determined that China is to carry out joint military exercises in September involving its Army, Navy and Air Force and amphibian and Army aviation units. The PLA's use of force in recent times is quite special. That extends to the actions by its naval, air forces and ground forces, including its long-range missiles, Army aviation units and amphibious units. It's a rather special situation. In a rare move, the ministry also released photographs taken by Taiwan's Air Force while closely monitoring the PLA's Y-8 anti-submarine aircraft. Experts say the ministry released a picture to demonstrate the general public that the military has a full grasp on any moves by Beijing and is actively deterring the enemy from making any moves. U.S. lawmakers on Tuesday urged the White House to step up delivery of nearly 19 billion U.S. dollars in military cells to Taiwan, citing fears that China will invade the island. In response, a State Department official pointed out that last year, the U.S. had authorized the highest single-year number of military sale notifications to Taiwan in 30 years. Voice of America's Catherine Gibson reports from Capitol Hill. The Indonesian military beginning five days of naval exercises with other ASEAN nations in the South China Sea Tuesday, as China continues its regional aggression. There's territory in Japan, the Philippines, Vietnam, Indonesia, India, I think someone told me even Russia, that China claims that should be part of theirs. If they can bully their way into Taiwan, it is not the last place that they're going to try to bully their way into. Chinese Foreign Ministry spokesperson Mao Ning responded to the exercises. We have a clear and consistent position on the South China Sea. U.S. lawmakers express concern that the U.S. has not yet delivered on nearly 19 billion in military sales commitments to Taiwan. Chairman of the House Select Committee on China Mike Gallagher told VOA that even though Congress is being hampered by logistical challenges, the defense industry must move faster 
to transfer military sales to Taiwan. So we haven't provided the multi-year appropriation necessary to replenish our stockpiles. Our defense industrial base has become very uh, concentrated, it's very brittle, uh, and we need to rebuild that. That's one of the lessons of the war in Ukraine, and we haven't learned it yet. Some Republican lawmakers argue the Biden administration has not been forceful enough in its Taiwan policy and that the military sales program to Taiwan is broken. An administration official pushed back. Last year, we authorized the highest single-year number of foreign military sales notifications to Taiwan in at least 30 years. In this administration, we have authorized almost $6 billion in Taiwan arms sales. But U.S. officials acknowledge defense contractors need to speed up their production. We need to work with industry to find efficiencies in their processes, work with industry to make sure that they are opening production lines here and abroad and co-production to make sure that, um, that, we, that we're able to deliver on time. Under the Taiwan Relations Act, the United States is required to ensure Taiwan is able to defend itself. U.S. defense officials reassured lawmakers that America upholds its one-China policy, which acknowledges but does not endorse Beijing's view that it has sovereignty over Taiwan. Katherine Gibson, VOA News. Turning now to the presidential election, nearly a quarter of respondents in a recent poll by online magazine MyFormosa said they would vote for DPP candidate Lai Qingde in 2024, no matter what happens before the election. About 12% said they supported KMT candidate Hou Youyi unconditionally, while just about 6% and 2% said they were die-hard supporters of Ko Wenzhe and Terry Goh, respectively. The poll also asked respondents more generally about support for the candidates without them necessarily being committed to vote for them. On this front, 38% of respondents said they supported Lai and 18% supported Ho. Support for Ke stood at just over 16% and Go at about 7%. The ratings for both Go and Ke dropped sharply from the previous poll amid a corruption scandal surrounding TPP Xinzhou mayor and Gao. In a bid to improve air quality, access to Sunmoon Lake will be restricted for certain vehicles starting November 1st. Diesel vehicles that have not been inspected in two years or more, along with scooters more than five years old that have not cleared annual checks, will not be allowed in. License plate detection systems will be installed along access roads to check every vehicle status. Those that don't comply will be fined up to 60,000 Taiwan dollars. This beautiful scenery at Sun Moon Lake is a treat that draws in many tourists. But the exhaust fumes from their vehicles has caused the local air quality to plummet. Now, the Nanto Environmental Protection Bureau has designated Sun Moon Lake an air quality maintenance zone, effective November 1st. That means certain vehicles will be restricted from entering, including diesel vehicles that have not undergone government tests in the last two years or more, and scooters more than five years old that have not cleared inspections on a yearly basis. Breaking the rules is punishable with fines of up to 60,000 NT. Cars that leave a trail of fumes behind them are bad for people in their wake. There has to be controls, and we're in nature here. We should all take care of our mountains and water. 
The zone will be the first of its kind in Nanto County. The local Environmental Protection Bureau says that since the roads going around the lake are a closed circuit, license plate recognition systems have to be installed just at the access roads from Uchi Township and Shredi Township. The system can automatically identify whether vehicles have cleared the relevant inspections, leaving no way around the checks for cars and scooters that don't pass muster. We want only vehicles that comply with the regulations to enter Sun Moon Lake. This can greatly improve the air quality at the lake. Taiwan currently has 52 air quality maintenance zones in 19 cities and counties, but none yet in the tourist hotspot of Nanto. Officials hope the stricter controls will improve the air quality at Sun Moon Lake and result in a better travel experience. Earlier this year, U.S. semiconductor manufacturer Qualcomm announced a downsizing of 5% of its global workforce this year. Reports now say its Taiwan staff could be part of the layoffs, with at least 200 employees to be sacked in October. The company has said uncertainties in the global economy and in market demand have prompted to restructure its Taiwan operations, but did not provide specifics. An expert says that the rise in interest rates and weak demand in the phone market have had an impact on the company's revenue. About 20% of the plant in Taiwan could get fired. Over in China, the scope of the layoffs is even bigger, as if they were axing whole departments. Qualcomm's downsizing in Asia is expected to be quite significant. Final stage phone makers are still trying to clear inventory, and that's expected to last until the first half of next year. On top of that, market competition is fierce. Most people who change phones go for middle to low range phones. That market segment is dominated by MediaTek. According to employees at the firm, talks with management are still ongoing. Meanwhile, Xinzhou Science Park says it has not yet been notified of any changes. So far this month, a total of 165 people have been fired from more than 40 companies at the science park. Apple's new smartphone model, the iPhone 15, went on sale in Taiwan on Friday. Many outlets offered extras for the first people in line to get the new phone. At some shops, buyers got upgrades on their orders or even free iPads and Apple Watches. Some of the most diehard fans spent days camping out in front of shops to earn the prizes for being among the first in the country to possess the latest iPhone. The iPhone 15 is for sale. The first person in line at this shop is this woman, who had been waiting outside the store for four days with a packed suitcase. The first thing she did after getting her new phone was putting on a protective case. I had an iPhone 13 before, so I wanted to change it for a 15. I wanted to get all the newer elements. Pro Max Sales for the Pro Max are a little higher. Every year, the iPhone release is our biggest business event. Some Apple fans lining up through the night for new phones even got extras. At one sales point, a man who'd been in line for eight days straight got a phone storage upgrade and a second iPhone 15 for free. At a different outlet, a man who'd been queuing for just 22 hours got a free Apple Watch from professional Go player Joanne Missingham. 
抱着碰碰运气的心情来。I just wanted to see if I'd be lucky. I'm a fan of Joanne Missingham myself. I was lining up to get a phone for my friend, and in the end, I got a prize. I'm very happy. After the pandemic, people have been spending more money on travelling abroad. But looking at this, the new phone models are performing very well in terms of sales. Sales for the new iPhones had been expected to be weaker, as in Taiwan, the new models cost 2,000 NT more than the previous models. But the technical upgrades seem to have got buyers interested. Telecoms say the pre-sales for the iPhone 15 are 50% to 80% higher than for the iPhone 14. Over at this other outlet, the first person in line was part of a group of 10 people from the same company who took turns queuing over a period of 10 days. We took turns. We had shifts, so we were able to go home and wash up. It's the fourth year in a row that I queue for phones. We order phones for our clients and for ourselves too. It shows that the new iPhone is being well received by Apple fans. Sales are 50% higher than last year. The high-end models of the new generation, the iPhone 15 Pro and 15 Pro Max, are in high demand, with reports of waits two months long when placing an order on Apple's official website. The pink model and the titanium range have proven popular among buyers, with telecoms expecting good sales. The second Matsu Biennial will kick off on Saturday, and this time it'll be bigger than ever. The international art event, which pre- previously only took place on Nangan Island, is now expanding to several other islands in the archipelago. Matsu artists have returned to their hometowns to depict the beauty and stories of the county through their art. For example, a group of local youths have turned an abandoned chicken farm into a children's reading space. Let's take a look. Once a former battery hen farm, a team of Matsu-born youths have returned to their hometown to transform the space into a place to both raise chickens and hold community activities. These chicken coops that have been abandoned for more than 10 or 20 years have been renovated with discarded wood and building materials to create a reading paradise for children on the rooftops. There's also a treehouse created from unwanted boat parts belonging to a sergeant major. This chicken farm was originally built with the help of the nation's military in 1984. After martial law was lifted, and shortly afterwards the military streamlined its ranks, military officers left Matsu, and the chicken farm fell into disuse. Trash management on Dongju Island relies on container shipping to Taiwan. It's costly and a burden for the island. All the art materials come from the island, and we even use some rubbish. Using waste materials in creations, these international art activities have spread beyond the most prosperous island in the archipelago, Nangan. The art event has expanded to Juguang Township, which is made up of Dongju Island and Shiju Island, three kilometers away from each other. After the government started shutting down war operations in Matsu, the islands began developing a tourism industry. Because of its important strategic position, Shiju was the last island to open up. In the early days, there were lots of soldiers. There weren't so many people in the tourism industry. In hopes of promoting itself as a tourist destination, Shiju Island is joining the international art event for the first time. Another work made by an artist returning from Taiwan proper is this aluminium banyan tree wrapping around an unused sentry post. 
Sprouting in 18th century post symbolizes hope growing out of the ruins. The works show me how our Juguang township is sprouting, growing and thriving. It gives us a little hope. Shiju Island is small, but it is packed with tourist attractions, whether it is local culture, military relics or even natural scenery. This outlying island is one of the most unspoiled areas in Matsu, giving visitors a feel for what living in Matsu was like in the old days. Top chefs recently visited an elementary school in Ilan to cook up a feast. An Ilan-based culinary association has many years of charity lunches under its belt. After a hiatus due to COVID, they're now back in business, serving up an 11-course meal to the kids at Dafu Elementary. The school was chosen because of its innovative food and farming curriculum. The visiting chefs hope to give the kids a lunch to remember but also inspire them to consider cooking and eating as a joy for the rest of their lives. Plate after plate of delicacies arrive at the table. Sweet and sour fish, delectable sushi, cherry duck hamburgers. The spread looks fit for a state banquet. Where are the VIPs? Children from Dafu Elementary line up for lunch. Every square on the plate is filled with delicious recipes sure to delight kids' taste buds, created by this team of master chefs from Elan Culinary Arts Promotion Association. We selected Elan's most famous cherry duck, together with our chicken, fish, green vegetables, sweets, fruit juice, and fresh fruit. Eleven different dishes to satisfy the taste of every single student. Wandafu Culinary Arts Promotion Association is an alliance of charitable restaurant elites and experts from related industries. For many years, they've held charity lunches, but the pandemic put events on pause for two years. Now they're back and made a special visit to Dafu Elementary because of its food and farming education class. They prepared many special local dishes, including the cherry duck. The children are all so happy and they love it. The chefs have an equal focus on health, nutrition, and great taste. On the one hand, we can give the children a great meal, and on the other hand, we can have an exchange among the chefs. Each dish is full of the chef's many years of experience and the love of the donors. The smiles of these happy diners are sure to inspire the chefs for many meals to come.